Hi, this is Tim. This is just a heads up that all the advice you're hearing in this podcast is general in nature. If you want something more specific, then feel free to contact us. Drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk, drunk, to drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk, drunk, to drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, Well, welcome <laughs> to the Tim and Dan. Oh, no. <laughs> welcome. This is the Two Drunk Accountants podcast. And this is why we don't give you the intro, Tim, because <laughs> you just you butchered it. You had your one shot. You had your opportunity. That's because I was... And you're done. You're done. I felt the pressure because I was trying to cut you off. No pressure. You just... You had it. You had your shot. And guess what? I'll be back on next week, everybody. Well... <laughs> My apologies. Don't, don't stress. I'll be back next My week. My apologies, listeners. Please don't leave us. Dan's doing the intro next week. so I wouldn't be surprised if our, if our listening uh, views just halves next week. But you know what, Dan? I bring the listeners. I am the listeners. All right? <laughs> no, you're right. You're our I one am listener. Body. I am body. You are our one listener every week. <laughs> so you don't even listen to your own podcast. No, I do. You're oh, sh- I listen. You're a schmuck. What episode are you up to listening to, Tim? Episode seven. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's whatever. right i go into your map you where we record them and I'd listen like to, to them before you release them then actually listeners right now tim is sitting probably in greece somewhere on a beach mm. while i'm here sweating away making sure we get this podcast to you each sweating. and every week in winter still sweating i'm sweating because i'm working hard You're a sweaty beast whatever it takes to get this podcast to the air tim <laughs> you wouldn't know uh, Dan, I mean, I think I'm the inspiration, the motivation. I crack the whip, and I'm going to handle the finances when and if they ever begin. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll be Tim. the I'll be the CFO of this organization. All right, you give yourself a little title and just feel better about it. You can be head director. I'll be I'll be producer. Uh, whatever. This I'm done with you now. <laughs> <laughs> What's the Tim and Dan though? Oh wait, wait, wait! Before we get to People don't even know what week this is. Oh, um, Dan, uh, listeners, this is actually episode number nine. Correct. He struggled. He, <laughs> he didn't know what week it was. Number nine episode is going to be so fine. Yeah, that's right. So, Tim, what's the Tim and Dan load for this week? I actually um, think there were some events that happened on the weekend, Dan, that we should cover off on. <laughs> Maybe the first thing that we should talk about before. I don't, I don't remember any events. <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah. I don't remember much more than you. <laughs> um, Let's just say we. Uh, it happened to me my birthday this week. If, and, and if we you listened lived to the last episode, we, we actually did mention we were going to Mumbo Jumbo's. Yes, and uh, we lived up to the title of this podcast. Let's just say that <sighs> we were, we'd had a few too many Cosmos and perhaps we were talking a lot of biz, uh, tax stuff there are some recordings uh, that may or may not be released at yeah. some point in the future m- m- there might even possibly we maybe will we'll chuck in the part where we speak about fringe benefits right now uh <laughs> so you can you can hear us talking about that um i can i can just add that in later tim oh no no are you sure i can just add it in later <laughs> oh fantastic yeah. well it's pretty messy and uh yeah definitely we were two hungover accountants on sunday <laughs> That's for sure. Yes, yes. I've never seen a guy drink nine Cosmos in an evening <laughs> like you did, Dan. Well, I'm an impressive man. I tell you that much. I mean, I know you're committed to uh, space exploration, mm. but uh, I think you really did earn the title of cosmonaut on uh, Saturday night. Thank you. Cosmonauts are Russian. Uh, 
You don't like, oh, sorry. Did you take offense at that then? No, I'm I just saying. I thought it was nice. That I'm just saying if I, was a, if I was a cosmonaut, I'd have to be Russian. I'm not Russian. I'm Russian nowhere, Tim. Ah, you were rushing those drinks down your throat yes, on Saturday night. I was. Uh, it was uh, a good time had by all. Yep, great time. Uh, we spoke a little bit about tax. Um, not a lot of it made sense. And uh, I, I believe we actually, we, we did record a live segment for the podcast about breaking the seal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And about uh, how that is no, but, a, a, a quote by Tim. It's a fallacy. It's a fallacy. It definitely is a fallacy. Uh, the breaking the seal is not real if you didn't know this. Hmm. Okay. Because as a matter of fact, it's like a cab rank. So <laughs> the first drink you have, a cab pulls up in the rank. You don't really feel like going to the toilet yet. Because it just hasn't hit. The cab, you know, there's no one in line. Yep. There's no one in line for the, for the cabs. That's right. right. Another couple of cabs pull up. That's a couple more drinks. Mm-hmm. You start to think, oh. I'm I'm thinking about breaking the seal now. Yeah, see, those cabs are really pushing down on that bladder. You know, you get the, yeah. the pressure on the outside of that bladder, the force by gravity pulling that liquid down. That's uh, it's making you want to pee. It's getting that heavier and heavier. You, that makes me want to pee right now. It's getting yeah. heavier and heavier. So uh, so anyway, you go and break the seal. That's the first cab out of the rank. Yeah. Of course, there's going to be more cabs. Yeah, you're not breaking the seal. Those cabs are always there. It's a sequence of events. It was exactly. It's a sequence of events <laughs> full stop <laughs> so uh yeah i'm glad we really uh busted that myth yeah we uh two drunk accountants slash myth busters and right now we'd have a big iron stamp that says busted <laughs> who are you a myth busters dan I think I'm, I'm a one cool of the guy. New, I think I'm one of the new three guys <laughs> that came along that nah. were like young and hip yeah i think I, i'm probably the asian dude um what was his name the guy that was the robotics guy. I'm him. Yeah. You can be the other guy who thinks he's cool. I'm fine with that. Mm. Actually, I would take the, the Mo guy. Yeah, you'd be the guy with the, the little beret or whatever it is yeah, on his hat. The on his head. Yeah. yeah, that's that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so that's your Tim and Dan Low this week. <laughs> that is my Tim and Dan It's probably also my Tim and Dan Low. I don't really have anything else to add except, yep, yeah, no, we had a great weekend for my birthday. And uh, yeah, that's about it. It was very good times. All right, Tim, so... Cluck, 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 cluck. <laughs> What's the business update, Tim? Impressive. You know, actually, I, was, I just want to add this. I was thinking about our intro song the other day. Mm. And the reason it works so well, that... Yeah. Is because um, um, it's, it's like a bit of a copy over of the lollipop theme. Mm, it is, actually. I've never thought lollipop, of that. Lollipop, lollipop. It's pretty good. That is cool. Uh, That wasn't intended. (laughs) That was not. I didn't realize it was a thing until just now. So, uh, the business update, Dan. This week, um, there was a productivity commission into our superannuation system. Did you hear about this? Uh, No. Okay. Or maybe I did. So, the super system, did you know, is $2.6 trillion. I did know that. Did you? Yeah. I think I might have read this article, actually. Is that $2,600 billion? Uh, no. It's another zero on top of that. Because a trillion is three more zero or four more zeros. It's three zeros plus the one at the beginning. Three, add three zeros to the billion and you get a trillion. <laughs> I'm just... I'm, yeah. There's a lot of zeros, I guess. Yeah. It, is what it, would be, it would be uh, 12 zeros after a one. Hmm. Uh, one times 10 to the 12, or 10 
times 10 to the 11. Okay. Thanks for you, know, Dan. You're welcome. Um, so, yeah, um, there was a bit of a bit of a inquiry into it, and they've uh, released a draft report, um, and it talks about the efficiency and competitiveness of Australia's superannuation system. Mm. Um, essentially, they found that um, it could be a bit of a rot for some people. Yeah, I actually, I did hear this on the radio. Now I think about it. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's mainly, I guess, people who are changing jobs and they get multiple super funds. Yep. Um, the superannuation accounts could automatically sign them up for, um, insurances, um, fees, fees, charges. Yeah. There's um, all sorts of things that, that can bring that account down to zero. And if, if someone, I'm assuming where you're going with this is, is that if somebody has multiple accounts and each of them charging fees for essentially the same thing. Uh, those accounts will all just go to zero. Yep, exactly. There isn't a big enough balance to grow faster than the fees. Exactly. So, um, yeah, the commission found that Australia's $2.6 trillion super system has become an unlucky lottery for many Australian workers and their families. Yeah. That's a really good statement, an unlucky lottery. Yeah. So, I mean, like, depending on who you work for, they may put your super with an organization and uh, that could pretty quickly disappear. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that this this uh, report has come out uh, slightly after the government have already made some announcements that could fix some of this. So the first things that they've announced that any super fund that has a balance less than I think it's 6,000 uh, has a cap on the amount of fees that they can now charge um, for that balance. And most of those balances have to get sent straight to the ATO anyway if you have multiple accounts. And the ATO will put them all into one main active account for you. So that should alleviate some of this trouble, um, both by, you know, restricting the amount of fees that you have to pay and also eliminating the multiple accounts that you've got for no reason. That's it. That's exactly it. And what they're basically saying is we've had the super system for nearly 30 years. Mm. The architecture is really outdated. Yeah. Yeah. So it just needs to get with the times a little bit. Yeah. Um, so hopefully we can see that less people are losing super or finding super. Some of the recommendations they made were that uh, there could, it can only be one default choice for new workforce entrance. So okay. that, that means uh, I think that what they're getting at there is just that um, it could only happen once in their lifetime that a choice is made for them, perhaps. Yeah. Or, or is it that there's only one, one fund? That Maybe, the but I'm not sure from. how they could. Yeah, I'm not sure who they'd That select. wouldn't work. No. Wouldn't work. Um, a single shortlist of up to 10 superannuation products presented to all members who are new to the workforce. So like a top 10 sort yeah. of thing. Um, an independent expert panel to competitively list those products, that, that 10. Mm. Allowing APRA to apply the My Super Outcomes test, whatever that means. Regulation of trustee board directors. Uh, let's see, there's a couple of boring ones here. <laughs> Cleaning up lost accounts, requiring funds to publish simple single page product dashboards for all superannuation products. I think that's a real big problem. People mm. are just uh, like, they're just not sure about what's going on with their super. So that, <laughs> that definitely yeah, is happening. I think it's important to look at your super as well because at different stages in your life, you're going to want to have different strategies with your super. You know, someone who's young might be uh, a little bit more willing to take some risks with their super because they, you know, their balance isn't particularly high. They want greater returns. If they lose a bit, little bit, it's fine. You've still got 50 years to you retire. Hmm. Um, have a riskier investment and you can choose that in your fund. Or, 
you know, exactly. if you're a little bit older, you're going to have, uh, that was a <laughs> spring in my microphone stand. Um, uh, just saying hello, wow, hello creepy. from my, from ghost, my thing here. Anyway, I guess what I'm saying is it would be good to have clear information about what the different Superfund products are and what they mean for you. Yeah, that's it. And the last one um, that I've found of interest here is that there's also an, um, an opt-in insurance for members under the age of 25. So it's not like that default automatically um, yeah. paying insurance when you're 16 years old and you've got about $10 in super. Yeah, because I know right now that they, uh, in in my, I have an industry super fund, which I won't have for long, but um, that's just a, a holdover from a, you're an, gonna set up an early time. I'm going to set up my own eventually, nice. but... Uh, I just wanted my balance to be a bit better before I did that. Um, yep. But the uh, the insurance in there, what they were originally charging me, just default was like 10% of everything that went in as a contribution, they were taking as insurance. Shocking. Yeah, 10%. Mm. It's pretty bad. Yeah. yeah, no, that was definitely the case for mm. pretty much every person our age. I think, yeah. When they would have entered the workforce. Exactly. Just no one knew they were being charged insurance. Yeah. Uh, obviously, by default. Uh, I knew to go in and have a look and, and check these things and query it and, and change it. But uh, yeah, that would ha- be happening to a lot of people. So that's a good change. Um, and that's the business update this week. That is the business update. So... Hold on, let me do my sound effects again. <laughs> Dan's, actually, Dan's actually sculling a beer every time he does that. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to our main topic of the week, which is Tim. As a small business owner, what do I need to do for the financial year end? Yeah, exactly. You're going to hear a lot of things at the moment. Uh, this time of year, everyone's going to be coming out of the woodwork saying, oh, End of year obligations coming up. Get your tax affairs in order before the end of the year. Every software known to man, MYOB Zero, they've all sent out things to me so far saying, mm. let Zero or let MYOB, everyone knows how we feel about that, <laughs> let those products help you get your end of year obligations done more efficiently. So, Tim, I think it's a good idea we discuss what is it that you actually have to do? Should I be freaking out like these softwares are making me feel? <laughs> No, 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 you shouldn't. It's, it's pretty much a normal um, time of year. Um, I guess I guess for some people, there could be some urgency coming up to end of financial year. Mm. That's really only if they need finance. So the banks Correct. are at that point where they're now telling people, we're going to wait to see your um, financials and tax returns from the 2018 financial year because it's only a month away. Yeah. So um, there will be some clients of ours even who will, will come to us saying we need that info like ASAP because mm. it's with the bank's waiting on it. So that's probably the only pressing thing. Um, other than that, you've got compliance. There's compliance matters. Yeah. Things and that th- you need to do. I, I think probably the strategy we should go for here will be let's talk about what you actually have to do and then let's talk about what a good idea is to do. Yeah, definitely. So... Um, the first few things you have to do after the end of the financial year, or if you have employees, you need to send out payment summaries. You mean a 
Group certificate? Uh, yeah. <laughs> the group certificate. Group certificate? My, my, my payments Otherwise known summary? as... Yeah, yeah, exactly. No one seems to quite be able to tell us what they're talking about. Uh, your PAYG payment summary. My payslip. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so, yeah. So, these are essentially just a summary of what you've paid each of your employees that you give to both them and the ATO. Uh, if you have an accounting software, which you should... Uh, most of them these days will prepare these for you. What you do is you just make sure all of your pay runs have been paid to the end of the year. Uh, review your, review yeah. them. Yeah. Re- review any uh, you know reportable employer super super contributions. These are payments above the uh, super guarantee the super surcharge. guarantee surcharge. So just check those things. Review that it all looks neat and tidy and clean, and then it's usually simply just. A couple of clicks away uh, and lodging them with the ATO. If you're in zero, it's literally just confirming your address, confirming the balances, sending them to the employees yeah, and lodging them with the ATO. Yeah, via email. You can print them or email and then uh, sending that off to the ATO. And what the ATO does with them, something that you might not know, is they keep these records for every single person who's had a wage paid for them. And then when you go to do your individual tax return, if you're an employee and let's say you've done it on e-tax and you go in there and they know what your income is, that's because that the same payment slip you got, they got and they yep. put it in their system. Exactly. So they already know. So you can't trick them on what income you earned in that regard. <laughs> yeah. So when do I have to do these, Tim? Uh, they have to be done actually by the 14th of July. Mm. So it's pretty pretty quick turnaround there. You've got two weeks yeah. to get them out. Um, there's probably no huge penalties if you don't get it done um, in that time. The ATO would reserve the right to charge you a couple hundred bucks, but it's not something we see very regularly. Most people get them out quite quickly these days. Yeah, and I've definitely seen the case where if you there there is an extension if uh, the only employee of your business is you. Uh, True. Yeah. So they are willing to give you a bit more time. Yeah, they're they're, they're a little bit more lenient uh, in that sense, but. If someone other than you is an employee, you need to get those out by the 14th and lodged with the ATO. So another one um, that's similar to the payment summaries, Dan, Mm. uh, but it's for the building and construction industry. Mm. It's called Taxable Payments Annual Reports. TPA. TPA. My TPA. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, You have to lodge a TPA with the ATO. And what this is, is it's kind of like a payment summary, but for your subcontractors. And you have to tell the ATO what subcontractors have worked for you during the year, uh, how much you paid them, what's their address, their ABN, and how much GST they've charged on their, uh, on their invoices as well. The reason for that is, as we mentioned in the last episode, they are cracking down a bit on the cash economy and it often is, uh, you know, subcontractors in the building and construction industry that take cash jobs. So if you've claimed a tax deduction for, you know, Tim uh, Constructions, he's done a bit of work for me and Tim's asked me, I paid him in cash and it's $1,000 and, and I've put down, okay, well, $1,000 uh, is what that subcontractor cost was. And then I report that to the ATO, but Tim does not report that $1,000 on his tax return. Mm. Then they compare that. They say, hey, 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 hey. Yeah. Dan Proprietary Limited said he paid you $1,000 and you haven't declared that income. Mm. Why not? Yeah, exactly. So it's just cross-checking. that They take all that information and they compare it against what 
those subcontractors lodge in their tax returns. So essentially their income should add up to the sum of all of the TPIR payments that have been lodged to the ATO. So yeah, it's it it's data matching. The ATO love a good data match. Yeah. Um, it's just checking the uh, reliability of the income that you're lodging mm. based on someone else's info. <laughs> yeah, and, and this is why it's important during the year to make sure that you get an invoice from someone that has their address and their ABN on it. Especially if you're in the building and construction industry yeah. because that's all that relates to at this stage. Oh, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that expands, but um, mm. obviously that encapsulates a lot of businesses yeah. uh, because it's if you're supplying the building and construction industry as well. Yeah, that's right. Um, so yeah, that's that's an interesting one. Um, another thing that you might want to do um, after 30th of June, Dan, do a stock take. Mm, yes. If you're carrying a lot of stock, then it's really important to know what your closing stock is and be brutal. If there's stuff there that you're never going to be able to sell, it's declined in value, then, um, I mean, you don't have to throw it out, but you could class that as obsolete stock. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you need to make sure that you have a value uh, of your stock at 30 June uh, for the same reason we spoke about a few episodes ago because that income... uh, Sorry, those purchases that are sitting there actually count against your profit. Exactly. So you've made purchases, the closing stock will be added back yeah. to your profit because you haven't sold it yet. So it's not a per- yeah. it's not a cost of goods sold yeah. yet. So the lower that value, so if you've got stock you're never going to sell or damaged or broken, uh, the lower that value, uh, the lower your profit. Exactly. And the less tax you'll pay. Exactly. So, uh, that's something that people might want to do at the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, another thing is to, um, some people might be working on a logbook or um, doing some uh, calculations for fringe benefits tax. Mm-hmm. Um, so, they may need to take an odometer reading. Yes. Um, for a logbook... It's generally good for five years if you've done it for a 12-week period. Mm-hmm. There are some fringe benefits tax rules which you should keep an ongoing logbook mm-hmm. if to the letter of the law, I believe. So, uh, the closing odometer can be handy for one of the methods in fringe benefits tax yeah, for motor vehicles, the statutory <laughs> method. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and we'll get into fringe benefits, especially car fringe benefits in another episode. But take your odometer readings. Keep it if you need it. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. It's probably not that vital anymore these days. It was probably more vital a few years ago before all of the rates for the statutory uh, formula went to the same rate. Yeah. Because exactly. there used to be different rates for different kilometers traveled during the year. But yeah. anyway, still it's a good really idea. Only, it's really only if you're doing a logbook, <laughs> I'd yeah. say. So it's a very yeah. narrow scope, that one. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, following on from that, a um, couple of other things that every small business person needs to do come end of year. And this is just getting your work ready for a tax return and, and financials. Mm-hmm. That's bringing in your personal costs into the business. And when I say personal, I don't mean private, but costs that you've worn in your personal bank account, which may um, be business related. And this is quite common for business owners to have things like that. But um, so an example, Dan, could be a mobile phone. <laughs> yeah. Yep. If that's um, given out to customers and used for business use, well, there could be 100% or a percentage of that cost which you should transfer in as, a, as an expense into your business. Yeah, that's right. 
the other the other thing that might be there is if you've ever paid fuel on your personal car driving around yep. with your work car if you know you've paid for on the go expenses for that for travel or anything like that exactly uh that's a, they're very common ones that happen uh in businesses yeah so um you don't have to reimburse yourself in terms of like cash for those expenses but you can bring them in against your director's loan which is always a good thing because that shouldn't be in a case where you owe the business money. Yeah, it's actually going to reduce any debts that you owe back to the company if you're yeah. in a company. Or um, yeah, it's going to increase the amount that the business owes you. So uh, it's always a good I- idea. And that also is great for um, tax minimization because you can find some things you otherwise missed. And you can claim GST. If, <laughs> if you didn't claim the GST already, you may as well. Yeah, that's right. So, another thing that you have to do at the end of the financial year is lodge your final BAS for the year. Yep. Which you've just reminded me of with the GST. Definitely. Uh, so, something that is good to do with the June BAS uh, is to go back and look at what you've lodged so far and compare it to your GST balances in your accounting file. Yes. Uh, the reason for this is if you've lodged a BAS, but then at some point in time, you've had to go back and change something, you've added something, something's happened, maybe you lodged it in- incorrectly... Uh, June is a good opportunity to fix those things. Add it or reduce it from your June baz so that whole year evens out. Adding to your point there, Dan, I would actually even recommend to our small, small business clients to lock off their accounting system mm, after I definitely the 30th would. of June. Once mm-hmm. they're done doing everything they need to, like raising invoices or entering bills, allocating transactions, mm. doing their last pay run, just lock that data because... Yep. You don't need to go back and change that now. Your accountant can jump in and unlock it and do what they need to do, but just lock it. So you can't make a mistake of putting something back in that year now that we're in the new financial year. Yeah, that's right. So make sure uh, that no one can go back and accidentally change something that affects those bases that you've lodged or the tax returns that you may have lodged after 30 June. So lock it off, have all your information final and and ready to go for your accountant to prepare your uh, tax returns and end of year financials. Now, before you lock it off, one other thing you may want to do is if you do have uh, an expense that's paid by the business, this is the flip side to what I was saying before, Dan, Mm. and there's a private portion to that, then you may want to reduce that. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. At the 30th of June. So, um, yeah, um, then you would like reverse it so you would pay some GST back. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, it's a good point. Uh, And the exact same thing as Tim said, you can then add it to your June baz to fix the GST for that. And your expense, uh, your expenses aren't inflated uh, in your financial statements. Yeah, so you're claiming the right amount on your GST and your tax that way. I mean, these are it's getting pretty technical, and these are things that your accountant will help you with. They'll help you review those things and can help you amend bases. So don't worry about it. Lodge your bases anyway. Um, if you don't hold off to lodge your bases for those purposes, no. Um, but if if you are feeling like that advanced with your accounting, then go for it. Yeah, exactly. The, the first few things we mentioned, your uh, payment summary lodgement, your TPAR lodgement, and your June BAS, uh, these are compliance things that need to be done. Uh, reviewing your GST, reviewing your expenses, uh, reviewing your stock. Your stock kind of needs to be done as well, but reviewing it. Uh, these are optional things that are just a good idea. So a couple more optional things, Dan. Go for and it. We're getting to the spectrum of what your accountant would be doing for you now. Yep. But it's good for people to know that anyway. Yep. So one thing you could do is a fringe benefits tax employee contribution. Yeah. If, if you're a bigger 
business, then this is something that you'll probably definitely do in-house. But if you're a smaller business, you might not have any idea about fringe benefits. But if you do, this definitely could uh, save you a bit of time. Yeah, so it's pretty much adding up. Um, We'll explain fringe benefits in a later episode too, but... Mm. Uh, because or, or, or in our video from uh, Saturday night. <laughs> it was the topic of some conversation. It was, yeah. What do you think about fringe manifest tax? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's shit. <laughs> and then I agreed. What yeah. did you say, Dan? Uh, solidarity, my brother. <laughs> Solid- solidarity, my brother. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, basically, um, if there are any non-salary benefits... Um, going to an employee so like a company car that's used for private purposes mm-hmm. or um, um, even just paying for expenditure which belongs to an employee that's not business related or yep. not otherwise deductible yep for example if i was paying an employee's mortgage payments you'd actually have to add up the value of all of those and do an entry in your accounting system and this entry is actually going to add income to your taxable income and take up GST collected for your next Baz. Uh, it's a little bit technical, but it's something you probably won't be doing that often. Your mm. accountant should help you with this. Yeah. But uh, just be aware that it may help your accountant if you do um, actually point out some private expenditure or just remove that from the business altogether. Yeah, that's right. It is something that your accountant will probably do for you. And as you'll hear in a later uh, podcast, your fringe benefits tax return, if you ever have to do one, the period's not the same as the financial year. It's actually a slightly different period. Um, but we'll get into that in a later mm, episode. Yeah. Um, the other thing, uh, just along the same vein, just check everything is right in your expense accounts. Do some tidying, basically. Mm. So, is everything going to the right place? Mm. Does it look right? Have if you put I can... an asset purchase to an expense account yes. instead of a uh, fixed asset account? Exactly, exactly. And if you're managing your own fixed assets in zero, <coughs> then um, perhaps run depreciation. Hmm. Or if you've got a bank loan, put interest in there as well. So mm-hmm. these are things which um, is basically tidying and making sure you haven't missed anything, making sure it's consistent with last year. Yeah, and, and these are, as Tim mentioned, these are a lot of the tasks that your accountant will do uh, when preparing your financial statements and tax return because we need to make sure that everything is correct and consistent and to the rules. So yeah. if if you do it uh, before your accountant gets to it, you're saving yourself time and money. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Exactly. You could potentially save yourself time and money uh, because your accountant doesn't have to spend the time doing it for you. Exactly. Um, but at the very least, I mean, it just makes your figures accurate. Yeah. And um, I guess uh, makes things better, look better for uh, banks and and uh, people who may potentially want to buy your business. Yeah, and, and not just that, but you can make proper decisions based on accurate information, which is, I can never stress this enough. I think that's the enough. most important thing, you're right. Yeah, you, you, can, you always need to make sure that your accounts are correct. You, you shouldn't inflate anything that's not real. Uh, you shouldn't add anything that's not real. You not because it's just against the law, but because it's just bad practice. Uh, so just making sure that everything is, is tight and correct uh, will ensure that you're making decisions for your business's future based on accurate and correct data. Yeah, that, that is the, the whole why of doing a financial report, actually. Yeah. The whole reason it's done is because it, it's, a, it's a depiction of the way your business operated for 12 months. Yeah. Um, so yeah, take it seriously. Try and try and really make it accurate, and try and get something out of it. 
Uh, I think I think why it's becoming less and less important that financial year-end date mm. is because with the modern accounting softwares we have, information is live. Yeah. Now almost every month-end date is like the equivalent of what a financial year-end date was a few yeah. years ago. I, I agree. If if you're running your accounting software properly, uh, you should be able to run monthly financial statements just with a few clicks of a button if all your data is accurate. I think um, as a small business owner, you should be like very familiar with your data and your figures, your yeah. numbers, and just be reviewing it regularly. Hmm. Know it like the back of your hand. Yeah. So the, the end of year compliance, uh, the 30 June date actually becomes just really a lodgement date the same as your BAS. Exactly. And so how long do small business people have to tidy up their tax work after the end of June, Dan? Well, it depends. Uh, if you are with an accountant, generally you get an extension all the way up until the 15th of May the following year. Right. So for this year, it's going to be the 30th of June, 2018. Yep. So they'll have an extension to the 15th of May, 2019. Yeah, that's right. So they can essentially wait almost an entire year to prepare your financial statements from the year before and lodge it with the ATO. I don't suggest this is a good idea. No, not, um, not, not the best. The earlier you do it, the better. You're going to have that relevant information. If you're reviewing your end-of-year financial data a year later, well, that's not relevant. Your business can change a lot in one year. Yeah, and what if you urgently need finance all of a sudden? Exactly. Then you need to be... Um, hammering your accountant to get the work done for you. Yeah. And that's not going to make for a happy accountant or a happy client yeah. because uh, they're under pressure. Yeah. So. And, and if you're at a, you know, an, a less modern accountant than us, uh, <laughs> then you're going to have a bill to pay after you finish that. Yeah. Uh, but if you're with someone like us, you're going to be paying a monthly amount, which means you can get your, data, uh, your financials done at any point in time. Yeah. Whenever you're ready to get it done, whenever you need them. Yeah. So yeah, monthly package. Yeah. So, um, um, I think that's that's most considerations for the small business I, I, owner. I, I do have one other. Yeah. Now, if if you're if if you listened to uh, four episodes ago, week five, which accounting software should I use? And you decided you got the wrong message from that podcast, and you decided, you know what, MYOB is the way to go for me. <laughs> then there are several tasks you're going to have to do after the end of that yeah, financial year. Yeah. One of them is roll over your payroll year. Yeah. If you if you don't do that, don't you can't forget, you're going to have different rates, you're going to it's you can't run payroll. Don't forget to back that shit up first day. Yeah. So take a day out, back up your file, <laughs> roll it over for the payroll year. Yeah, go make yourself a cup of coffee. Uh roll over for the financial year. Uh sorry, for the payroll year. Don't roll over your financial year until your accountant gets to adjust the numbers for what needs to be done. Hmm. What a nightmare. Yeah. So, yeah, so just <laughs> ensure that you're aware of your accounting software's needs to move into the next financial year. While you're at it, they'll probably make you update as well for the new financial year. Oh, definitely. There'll be three new updates in the next week. <laughs> so, Tim, what do you have to do when you're on zero? Uh, nothing. Oh, yeah. wow. Nothing. Amazing. You just what keep about, going. What about QuickBooks? Keeps going. Keeps going. No, that's a lie. You don't have to back up. Or update, Dan. On any of those softwares? Just no. MYB? Just MYB. Oh, wow. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, no, shocking stuff. So, 
So yeah, uh, if you do have any questions about that, though, send mm. it through to us. If you uh, maybe we've missed something because every business has a different specific as to yeah. things they could be looking at for their end of financial year. That's right. Send us an email to Two Drunk Accountants. Too Drunk Podcast, Tim. Hmm. Too Drunk Podcast <laughs> at gmail.com. Send us a tweet at, at Too Drunk Podcast. TWO. TWO Podcast at Too Drunk. Sorry. Too Drunk Pod. <laughs> I'm a little bit. I've had one cider. Too Drunk Tired too drunk, Accountants. <laughs> yeah. Too Drunk Tired Accountants. Uh, send us a Facebook message. Go to Too Drunk Accountants on Facebook. Say good day to us there. Like us. Comment on us. Yeah. And, you know. Ridicule us. Ridicule us, especially Tim. Uh, but Tim, uh, what's your other thing this week? Oh, <laughs> Sorry. Tim's playing something. Yeah, so that's oh. that's a sample of what happened on Saturday night, <laughs> yelling in the middle of a Thai restaurant after eight Cosmos. <laughs> There was some good food in there, but there was some great. Tell you what, mm. if you if you know me, you know I love a good satay chicken, <laughs> and the lovely good Cosmo and a good satay yeah, chicken. There's no better. The, the, the lovely people over at uh, Tiger Temple at Terrigal make a fantastic satay chicken. Uh, they also make a fantastic pad cu, pad Thai, just all all the pads. They're all, all good. Pads, any pad, Thai pad, Thai pad. Um, so what's your other thing, Tim? My other thing. I think we should go with yours first, Tim. My other thing, uh, unsurprisingly, is I found another new podcast. Oh. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's called Ologies. <laughs> Ologies. Ologies, right? What it is, is... Something to do with eulogies? No, the host, Ali Ward, right? She uh, Every week, yes. she meets a specialist in an area that ends in ology. Right. So, most of them are scientists. But not all of them. Uh, there's a cosmetology, which is makeup and stuff, which can't be confused with cosmology, which is the study of the universe. Mm-hmm. She also does that one. Mm. But so far, I have listened to cosmology. I've listened to paleontology. I've listened to volcanology. I've listened to... Uh, I forgot what the bird one was, but there's just all these, all these ologies. There's, like, there's a bunch of episodes so far with just things that you never knew were a thing. Entomology, which is insects. That That's was cool. an interesting one. And yeah, you just spend an hour listening to a specialist in an area talk about their thing. That's pretty cool. What was the best one so far? What did you learn? Uh, my favorite one so far, they've all been good. Like They all hold little, oh, there was a, um, what's the study of apes? Uh, I've forgotten the name of it right Ape-ology. now. Apeology. No, it's not. But uh, that one was really good, <laughs> uh, listening about, she, uh, the person she was speaking to was, a, um, was someone who looked after the apes at a zoo somewhere. And she looks after the chimpanzees. And did you know that to control the birth rate, they give uh, chimpanzees, female ones, the pill? And not like a special monkey pill, the human pill. They take all the same medication we do. It works. Yeah, because they're 99.9% the same as humans. They can take all of our medications. So if they have a cold or something, they take human antibiotics. If they've got heart pressure problems, blood pressure problems, they take blood pressure medication the same as ours. They literally just crush up the pill into their morning juice to stop them getting pregnant every day. If you've ever actually um, been within close proximity to an ape mm. or a primate, mm. especially they, chimpanzees, they really do feel like mm. humans. Yeah. It's creepy. It's I, very creepy. I, I think the 
the there's con- a few friends of ours that remind me of apes. <laughs> yeah, there's a few. Macca. <laughs> He's a bit of a chimp. Um, the he's, uh, he's going to be a hairless chimp soon. Too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's all right, Mac. Uh, so I think the the common misconception is that apes and human sorry humans evolved from apes. We didn't. Apes and humans evolved from the same ancestor. Uh. So we did. It didn't go. You know. Um, apes. You know, chimpanzees, monkeys, humans. It yeah. went something and then it forked and then you know um gorillas went one direction and everyone else went the other yeah and then it forked again and you know bonobos went one direction and everyone was the other and then oh it my forked God. again and it went chimpanzees and then what became humans went the other direction and then we've all evolved since then you know what i just realized something dan what there's two bands with monkey names the monkeys and gorillas no <laughs> gorillas and bonobo what about monkeys but- no, if that, that's a bit literal. That's a bit too literal. Gorillas. The gorillas. Yeah, but there is a band called the Monkeys. There's a band called Bonobo. Yeah, so there you go. Nice. Anyway, so that was an interesting one. The other interesting one was birds, magpies. I also can, did uh, look up yeah. the study of, of the apes. It's, yep. It's primatology. Primatology. That's it. Or primatology. Primatology. It's probably primatology. Primatology. Yeah, because it's primates. Ah. Hey, question for you. Yep. You know how funnel web spiders... Are only lethal to humans. Yes, I had. Are they also lethal to apes? Probably. Mm. Do you know that apes have a specific call for snakes? Really? Uh, Chimpanzees. Chimpanzees, specifically. To tell the other chimpanzees in their family that there's an ape. Uh, Sorry, there's an ape. There is a snake. So, there is a specific noise that chimpanzees make for snakes. They are pretty cunning. Hmm. That's brilliant. Yeah, so it's an awesome podcast. I'm learning so much just about random things that I, I don't often, like entomology, learning about the insects was interesting. Learning about birds was interesting. It kind of yeah. gets you interested in, oh, uh, the, hor- the horology, the clock one, that one was fascinating. It got me really interested in mechanical watches. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, anyway. I would like to know a bit more history about that as well. Actually. I yeah, because really... I didn't know. That's why Rolexes and things are so expensive because they're mechanical. Ah. They're not quartz or you know atomic watches or quartz, whatever, yeah. uh, which run off batteries. Ah. Um, the atomic watches obviously run off. So Rolex, atomic... Rolex is literally just—it's a mechanical watch. That's so why it's, it's so expensive. So it functions on its own accord. There's a spring that provides potential uh, spring potential energy, which then slowly pushes up over time, moving the gears, which turn in the time, which is why you have to wind it every so often to compress the spring again to provide the energy to the system again. Brilliant. Yeah, it's fascinating. That's so cool. Anyway. I did look it up too, and Sydney Funnel Web Spider is lethal to primates. Yeah, so I'd imagine they go. would be, because we're very similar. And other sort of like mammals or yeah. something like that. Are we a mammal? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a mammal. <laughs> I'm unsure about you. <laughs> I'm unsure about you. Uh, I do have another thing, Dan. I forgot it before. Yes. But I remember it now. It is drip feed irrigation systems. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I know Tim recently pretends he's manly and he gets a friend around who is slightly more manly than Tim is. Shout out to Nick. Uh <laughs> Who comes around and does chores and gives Tim special tasks to make him feel like he's important around the yard. So, I'm assuming I uh, do know that Tim he installed... Give me special tasks. He gives we you special to, tasks. We work together. No, you work real together as a team. Yeah. No, you don't. Yes, we do. No, you definitely don't. He doesn't. 
So tell me. Tell me about the irrigation system. Yeah. So, uh, well, I've got a big garden. Got a lot of garden at my house. Mm-hmm. Gets, it gets a bit dry because I'm always at work mm-hmm. so that uh, I can keep Dan, you know, in the lifestyle that he's like accustomed <laughs> to. <laughs> yeah. Burn, I'm burning the midnight oil at work. My garden's getting dry at home. So yeah. uh, we had to set up a bit of a, a drip feed system, which is basically, Dan, if you're wondering what that is. Wait, wait, wait. Does it drip? Feed the garden water? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's very technical. Yeah, I know. It's amazing. So, we, uh, we use some plastic piping. I think it's PVC. And uh, there's, there's some black piping, which doesn't have holes in it. Yep. Then there's brown piping, which does have holes in it. But you can also get that brown piping in black piping if you want to. What did you go with? Brown. Brown piping. Why'd you go brown? Is it like a dark brown the, or a light the, brown? The ground of my garden is brown then i don't it, know if you've ever seen dirt before but it's more brown than yeah, black when you say brown i imagine like light colored brown like teasing me brown. for my unknowledgeable ability of gardening then you don't even know that dirt's brown i don't pretend <laughs> dirt can be red just depends what minerals are in it yeah anyway so uh <laughs> moving on um yeah so we laid it around the garden mm-hmm. i'd say there's probably about oh 50 Meters or so of the uh, tubing in my garden now mm-hmm. on an automatic timer that just delivers water straight to the source of the plants. And did you know, Dan, the drip feeding your plants is actually more efficient than spraying it? Wow. Yeah. That is and pretty cool. It's often better for your plants because um, you don't get like diseases and, and um, as many uh, bugs and infections. Plants suffer all those things. So hmm. if there's a moist climate, like on the leaf, mm-hmm. they can they can get diseases and, and bugs. Yeah. So it delivers it straight to the roots. That is really good. And you don't even have to um, put it right on the base of the plant. Mm-hmm. It can be like a foot or two off the base of the plant because, because the roots the soil spread. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then the soil works like in a cone. So when the the water comes in, it like spreads. spreads. Yeah. That's amazing. Very cool. That is cool. So now it's just on an automatic timer. Every morning, I get up and I hear it go off. It's awesome. That is cool. That is that's a satisfying sound. It is. You must... I don't have to worry about my garden. So it could be uh, horticology. Yeah, yeah. Is that a yeah? Maybe horticulture should... is plants. Yeah, it probably horticology is. might be the study of plants. And they might. I might be the next guest on that podcast, Dan. Maybe. Maybe I'd say Nick probably will be, and <laughs> <laughs> you'll carry his bag or something. Um, but yeah, there was one fail. I bought a drill and thought my Ryobi lawnmower battery could power it. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't buy the it's a kit. super powered I drill. I bought the Ryobi drill, but I didn't buy the kit with mm. the battery because that is a common mistake. Their, their ad, their ad makes you think that you can plug that battery in anywhere. Yeah, yeah no, you can't. You can't, you can't do. So uh, I'm gonna have to go to Bunnings and mm. explain to them why I'm such an idiot. Yeah, wouldn't be hard. They'll just look at you. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just walking in with my accounting clothes. <laughs> yeah, that's a very daunting place for accountants. But anyway. Yeah, it is. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that about wraps up our podcast. Let's finish on a um, on a uh, listener's joke, Dan. Okay. I think. Oh, Ed, sorry. We did. We put, we put the call out again, as we've done for the past few weeks. Why don't you read? Is, has, has there been more than one or just one? Um, some people liking uh, the weird video of the cat and you... But uh, it's actually, there's only one, there's only one. <laughs> I just read it. It's funny. <laughs> so, Dan, yep. what do accountants suffer from that ordinary people don't? I don't know, Tim. Depreciation. <laughs>
Thank you, Mark Triolanus. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. That's a good one. We will. Calculator. Yeah.